Hey y'all, I'm Kendallin. And I'm Brandy. And you're now tuned in to God and Lemonade. Hey y'all, we would love to connect with you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at God and Lemonade and send your questions to details at GodandLemonade.com. Now let's get to the show. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. We are back. Yes, we are. Happy to be back home. I know. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, I'm excited for our topic today. Yes. Because we're talking about our, Our mission trip. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, Ugh. yeah. It's so much. You know I couldn't hit that high note, by the way. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I was trying to say, trip. Oh, yeah. That's why I had to back it up. Good. I'm glad you yeah. was Thank that, you for holding me down, girl. <laughs> get that throat together, girl. Get that right. throat together. <laughs> um, let's get right into it. Yeah. Okay. So, we, before we left, we recorded. We talked a little bit about where we were going Mm -hmm. um so just to recap yeah we went on a mission trip finally to (laughs) i can't i feel like not confident saying it anymore because kevin told me i wasn't saying it right oh lord but we went on a mission trip to kenya yes kenya kenya Kenya. okay whatever kenya it was kenya okay (laughs) we're in the states now nobody's gonna correct us right (laughs) unless somebody from kenya listens right uh so we went on a mission trip to kenya and it was exciting because it was a long time coming we had been talking about going on a mission trip for many years and so we finally decided to go um i think well i know for me i chose this one because of what we were doing so for those of you out there who have never gone on a missions trip or never heard of a missions trip basically the bible calls us to go out into all the nations all the world and just speak the good news uh, so tell people about God and Jesus, basically. And so there are different types of missions trips. Uh, you can go where you could do service projects, um, which I think are, I'm not going to say the most popular, but probably the ones that most people think about. Yeah. Um, and ours was evangelism. So it was pretty much doing what the Bible calls you to do. Right. Go out and talk about God. And so, but we did it in schools. So for me, that was a big like, okay. Because it was kids, and I love the kids, so <laughs> right. Um, that's why I was drawn to it. Um, I was drawn to going to Africa because I had never been to Africa. Um, it just so happened to be that it was working with kids in schools uh, because I do work with schools in my real everyday job. So. It just was a perfect reason to go to Africa and spread the word. But just disclaimer, guys, um, you don't have to travel clear across the world to do a missions uh, assignment or do a trip. You can do it in your own backyard, literally Mm -hmm. um, being in your own neighborhood, in your own uh, schools, in your own homes. Like, I mean, you speak the word of God when it's laying on your heart and if you're intentional about it. I think that's the best mission ever. But we were afforded the opportunity to go clear across the world (laughs) to minister to the babies and the babes. Yeah. And I think before we left, like, I know I was personally 
um, very excited to go just because I don't know I was just excited I had no I, I really didn't know like what was going to happen but I was just like something's going to happen it's going to be great so I was very excited to leave yeah. whereas you kind of had the opposite Ooh, girl <laughs> I was over here shaking in my boots because that's that was a whole long way away from home y'all and I didn't I'm a more type A personality I think I said that on the last podcast that I'm more of a type A and so I like things to be planned out especially with my travel mm-hmm. um and that just wasn't the case, like, before I left. I mean, it was planned out enough before I left because I agreed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, I had, I knew once I got there that everything would be fine. It was just the getting that part that I was just, like, so nervous about because, again, I had never been to Africa. It was really, really far um, away from home. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to call the U.S. Embassy. I literally <laughs> left the embassy number <laughs> with my mom. I'm like, I left a picture <laughs> of my passport. I was like, find me. I got some ransom insurance, like right. I got everything in places I just didn't know what could possibly happen and wouldn't be able to just like pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, come, 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 get your girl." Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's one thing that we kind of learned about missions, or that I've heard about missions before. Is that you uh, things even when you get there, like it could be like up oh, change of plans, and so you have to be there has to be some level of flexibility. Um, and that just comes with like trusting God part. So like you know what's going on, but you really don't know what's going on. Right. And so it's just like, eh, I trust you, Jesus. And so it was all good. Oh um, yeah. So this would be like a two part conversation, two parts for sure. Uh, just because it was such a layered experience, there was a lot happening in a good way. But I think. Um, there was the obviously whole missions experience that we were having. Right. Then there was the like, oh my gosh, I am a black person in Africa for the first time experience. Right. Uh, and so I think those are like two of the biggest like things that were happening. Um, and then little things inside those things. But and so there were two totally different experiences, like the mission part and just being black yeah. in Africa with Africans. Right. Um and so this episode will talk mostly about just the mission itself um and our experiences yeah and then the next episode we'll get more into like just the personal you know i'm a black american (laughs) in africa like how that feel and stuff like that so going to the mission um again you don't know what's going to happen spiritually right like you're just going with the hope and the faith that you've prepared enough spiritually and that when you get there, like, that you'll say something meaningful that'll change somebody's life. Yeah. And then when you get there, it's just like, oh, okay, no plans? All right, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I even remember baby brother Matt saying he didn't prepare spiritually enough for the trip. Like, I don't know if you can even really prepare yourself spiritually enough for a mission trip because you just don't know what to expect. Right, but I think... No matter how much you prepare or you don't prepare, God uses you anyway. Yeah. And that's definitely what I saw because, right. you know. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. So there were 23 of us total, I believe. Mm-hmm. So there were 18 people that traveled from our church. Yeah. Okay. And then there was a team of five that traveled from an Alabama church. Well, I don't know if they come from the same church. It's like they're under the same ministry, ministry I guess. Yeah. Um, 
And so that made 23 total. Now, we traveled separately as far as, like, the Louisiana and Alabama team. And so let's just talk about travel because I tried <laughs> to take notes for everything. Yeah, so I did, too. It took us three planes and a bus, <laughs> but we, we made it. <laughs> right, and we possibly lost the engine in that bus. Oh, yeah. And so it was my first time traveling internationally, not Brandy's. So... I think for me, I was just trying to take it all in. And I had no, I mean, I guess I could have assumed, like, if you're taking, like, an eight-hour flight that somebody would feed you. But that part was kind of exciting for me. Although I was afraid to eat the food because what I did not want to happen <laughs> above all else is to get the bubble guts on this plane. Oh my because y'all know the plane bathrooms are too small for that. <laughs> and then it's a line of people. Then <laughs> you had firsthand experience too to see that line in the, the situation with the bathroom because you were like sitting really, really, really close. Right, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. So it was serious. I was like, I do not want to be the person that comes out and I'm like, don't you go in there for five to uh -uh. 10, 15, Wait 20 minutes. Oh my God. So I was a little afraid to eat the food, but I ate it anyway, obviously because you're hungry. But it was cool. So we left from New Orleans. We traveled to Chicago, so that was like a two and a half hour flight, which is weird. Like, I'm not really sure why it took us longer to get there going than it did coming back, but whatever. Um, I'm sure some kind of flight stuff, oh, yeah. wind factor or whatever. Um, so it took us two and a half hours to get there, and then from Chicago, we went to London. Mm -hmm. And so the New Orleans, Chicago, London flight, that was all American Airlines. All of them were American. Well, uh, they were owned by American. Okay, yeah. but let's be clear. The last flight was something else. That was definitely uh, American. We should write a letter. <laughs> right. Um, okay, well, the first two were American-American. It said and, American on the, on the plane. <laughs> is what you mean. Right. And they were fine. Um, we looked up. So we were kind of partnered with different people on our um, travel itinerary. So uh, I sat next to um, who I came to know as Safari Josh. Well, I gave him that name. Um but Lord. we end up getting like really good seats from Chicago to London. We were like an exit seat, so we had a lot of leg room, which is very important when you fly. But I mean, you'll never be super comfortable on an international flight because they're so long. Uh, yes, you will. Unless if you're balling, <laughs> right? But Say, you got okay. If you're balling, unlike me, okay. If you got about two thousand, three thousand dollars to be in super first class. Then you will be comfortable Right In a sleeper Right If you're like the rest of us You will be back there Just trying to figure it out child um, And so then From London to Nairobi mm -hmm. We took American so Right <laughs> <laughs> All she had to do Was say she had Pookie's Pork Palace yeah. ribs That I'd have been done for You know what You're right Y'all got Pookie's Pork Palace ribs On this hot that was not even so plain. plain. That was <laughs> that was British Airways, and it was horrible. It was so <laughs> like how you smell when you finish flying. <laughs> like what that happened? At? I was sweating in places that Ooh, you probably shouldn't be sweating that, on a plane. Right, that flight was hot. Like we must have flew over the desert. I'm convinced. I, I we did. <laughs> like I talked, I promise you. But it was hot before we did that. <laughs> right. So I feel like they felt bad for us when we were flying over the desert because they was like they really need some ice. So they gave us ice cream. The so ice cream was move. ice cream was fun, but I was just like, but it's still really hot on this plane. And then it was kind of crazy too because when we left London, going to Kenya, they sprayed like this infectious disease killer something mm -hmm. in the air, 
And I don't know if you experienced that when you went to Europe. No, because I didn't have to get shots. You don't have to get vaccinations. And so I just really, me, like, just being, like, power to the people, I was like, first of all, and I wrote in my phone and my notes, it's out of line. Like, you can colonize a place, but you can't give it, like, equal access to healthcare and all this stuff where you don't have to spray a plane for diseases. I just, I don't know. I feel some type of way about that. I feel bad for, like, because I know they weren't spraying it because of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. The point is, it took us a long time to get there, okay? But we made it late in the midnight hours. It wasn't midnight, but it was close. Um, and then a bus came to pick us up. And so, this is when we met up with the Alabama team. And y'all, this bus ride. This is our introduction to, like, the bumpy roads of Kenya. Now, we weren't in Nairobi, which is, like, city life. Um, so, we can't really say what Nairobi is like. But I can say... To get to wherever we were going, the bus definitely lost the engine. Right. <laughs> definitely fell out the back. And to think, I guess, just to paint the picture for y'all, like you, Nairobi, because we 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 probably flew into Nairobi because if you recall, like us going when we left out, like it was all lit up. It had the billboards. It mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. like all of the things that we probably would relate to mm-hmm. when we're leaving, but. Coming in, we missed all of that because they took us straight to the countryside. Right. Of Kenya. And it was dark, so we couldn't and see And I was going to say, that's what I was saying. Like, they had no lights. It yeah. was pitch black. So you just trusting in a bumpy road. You trusting that whomever is behind this wheel of this bus is taking us to the right place because you can't see anything. Nothing. It's cool. It was raining that night. It was it raining, raining every day. Every day that we yeah. went there. It was Well, every day that we were there, it was raining. Um, and so, yeah, like, we were just, like, in the lane, after traveling 16-plus hours mm-hmm. and finally making it there, everybody was just pretty much like, are we there yet? Right. And once we traveled this unknown, bumpy, <laughs> it was like a two-hour drive uh, on that bus. It was, like, probably an hour and a half, two-hour ride on that bus. Once we finally got there, it was just like... Okay. Right. <laughs> you wanted to sing Never Would Have Made It. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I will say with the travel, though it was long, you know, you definitely have to make sure you have like entertainment. Like most flights, well, all the international flights, I'm assuming ours did anyway, have TVs where you could watch movies mm-hmm. and make sure you have a book or whatever you have to entertain yourself because you definitely need that. And you also need to walk around, okay, like every couple of hours just to make sure that you don't have health issues right. <laughs> from sitting in a plane too long. Um, but anyway. Consult your physician. You yeah. Some, take some aspirin, get some compression socks, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we finally made it. And so the place we stayed at the first night isn't where we actually stayed for the whole missions trip. But um, it was it was nice. It, I thought it was nice. You know what I love about Kenya is it's very beautiful. It's like a beautiful mm-hmm. country, and I love like the hillsides and trees and nature. So I was just like, <gasps> but it was crazy because when we got there, it was nighttime, so we didn't even know how beautiful the place was. Right. We were just trying not to like slip and slide, you know, up and down these slopes we were going. <laughs> right. Fall off a cliff. Then. Right. We didn't know. It was there. We didn't even know like we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> right. So um, and so it's nice, and you know, I think that you just have to be mindful. When coming from America or anywhere of privilege, when you go somewhere else, like the accommodations are not going to be the same as what mm-hmm. you're used to. 
Um, but for me, it was still nice. I think once you go on a mission trip, you just have to get in a mindset like, this is not about me. Mm-hmm. This is not about my comforts. Like, I'm here to work for Jesus. So whatever that means is whatever that means. Right. Um, and so then begins our trip. So the first two days, we went, well, like a day and a half. We went on a safari. Yeah. Which was nice. Um, the The safari itself, like looking at animals, is pretty cool. Because I guess you see, like, TV. I, I probably don't watch Animal Planet enough. But you see it and you think, like, if we're, if we're close to a lion, the lion's going to, like, try to jump and eat us. And that's not the case. Like, they really are unbothered by your presence. I mean, unless, unless you, you... I was just right. about to say, wait a minute. That's like... No. <laughs> Kendall and mine need to retract that statement. They are okay. bothered by your presence. But if you're not bothering their presence, they not... Yeah, that's the point. You know, but of course, we're not the crazy people. It's like, let me get out the safari truck and go take a picture of them up close and personal. I of mean, course they're going to eat your face off. But we was in the truck with somebody that was trying to do that. Yeah, they were. They were asking multiple times, can we get out? Like, no. What? Why is that a question? <laughs> you want to get out with the real life Simba? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the safari is pretty cool. I definitely would say just first and foremost, if you just never been to Africa where all life started, like, try to go before you die. Right. It's just it's it's hard to put into words, and I'm and I wonder like here how we take stuff for granted. Do they take I'm it for sure. granted um, there? Sure. But it's such a beautiful country. The soil is so rich. Everything is growing there. Um, and I was telling, I think I told Brandy this. I said this is like a really messed up thing to say, but I can see why people colonize there, especially just being like selfish and wanting to have everything for yourself. Yeah, Africa is a rich country. Yeah. Um. And so I really enjoyed the safari. We end up staying like in a village, um, in some cab <laughs> in some cabins. So it was st- definitely not a cabin. That was a tent on uh-huh. a slab of concrete. Okay, well, call let's call Thank it a you. tent cabin. Whatever. It it was a very interesting experience. <laughs> oh, um, that <laughs> a tent cabin. Yeah. So it, you know. It was different. It, it was. definitely takes you out your comfort zone. And the crazy thing is, I was jet lagged, so I did not sleep that night. Brandy was scared, <laughs> so she did not sleep that night. Correct. Um, and so we end up being like the loudest people that night. Uh, so it was kind of like embarrassing. The next morning, everybody was like, "Oh, we heard y'all last night." We was like, "You did." Look, we was just trying to sing some songs to get us through, okay? Because it's terrible when you cannot go to sleep for whatever reason, whether it be you scared or you just physically can't close your eyes. You need something. Just saying, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the mess I tribe has our like pitch up with a right. slash going through it. Like right. we probably not welcome back because we kept the whole side up. But I mean, they had a juke joint, drum band, whatever club. Right, they had a club or something going on close to the uh, area that we were staying at. So we weren't the only ones. But I guess after they shut it down, we still were going. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of like the whole camp camping experience, um, you know, our first night camping was our first introduction of like one of the reasons why the mission trip would be so special. Mm-hmm. Um, so we. After we ate dinner, we all got around, like, fireside. And this was pretty cool because we were outside around a fire Mm -hmm. in the Kenyan sky. 
um, oh just talking about God. You know, there was a guitar there, so that always sets the tone. Right. <laughs> just talking about God and just singing songs. And I think that was just like, I don't think we knew it then, but it was just like, okay, like your lives are about to change. Yeah. Um, and that was a really special night. I remember you talking about how beautiful the sky was. Definitely. It was like nothing I had seen before. Like I wasn't even, I don't even think we knew what was going on. wasn't even prepared to go out to the campfire. Uh, but we just kind of like came out. We heard the, the guitar playing. They were getting ready. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I glanced up because it was like pitch black, nothing but the campfire to light up the sky and was pitch black out around us and we had I remember having my flashlight and (laughs) I remember looking up and it was just like the black sky full of just like stars twinkling I was just like man this is just like something that you see in a on a photo or just Mm -hmm. never in a million years would I ever thought that I would see that for my own self and just like it be just I guess in sketched in my mind forever like I, I i just remember asking like did you see the sky like did you see the sky it was so nice yeah and that was just like a really really nice moment um and so after that you know we went to sleep kind of, well we didn't go to sleep everybody else went to sleep and then we went on a, the other part of the safari the next day and so after the safari then we finally get to game time. So they bring us to the resort we're actually staying in. And so shout out to Caleb, yes. um, our safari tour guide. He was pretty awesome. And so one thing I want to say about, um, and this is just our our experience in Kenya, and I don't want to pretend to know enough about African culture to know why things happen the way they do. Um, but so... Our driver said his name was Caleb, but he said, you know, you guys probably pronounce it Caleb, so you can call me whichever. Mm. And so I was very intentional, like, no, I'm calling you what you tell me to call you. Even Um, though she messed it up every time. I did, but I finally got it right. Don't worry about it. I was trying, okay? I got an E for effort. (laughs) But then you had some people who were like, as soon as the person said their name, they were like, oh, Caleb. And I was like, no, that man said Caleb. And so for me, it's very interesting because you meet a lot of people. And some of them do have very, like, I guess, European names mm-hmm. with, like, maybe their middle name is African. Yeah. Or maybe... They come up with Or European they come up with names. a European name <laughs> so to make say, it easy yeah. for you to say. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I just feel like if you're going to go to somebody else's country, then you need to learn their name and how they say it. Like... I don't know. I, sometimes I just feel like having money and influence makes people conform to you. When you in my territory, you conform to me. Right. Um, and so that was something I was very passionate about. Like, I just want to know everybody's, like, African name. Okay, let me figure it out. Okay, it might take me, like. <laughs> the whole trip. The whole trip Bogua. to get it. Right. <laughs> hey, Bogua. I finally got it right there. Um, but it might take me the whole trip. But I wanted to give you that respect, you know. Um, so, anyway, we finally get to our resort, which was. Uh, very nice as well Like the grounds The grounds everywhere Were just very nice It's just beautiful Like yeah. I just can't explain Kenya is like Really beautiful So shout out If you listen to us And you live in Kenya Like we are Living your country um, And so th- Then starts The missions trip yeah. Part And before we get into that Let's talk about the food So 
obviously living in america we have like the worst food i mean we have good food but it's also really bad for you obviously with all the like diseases and stuff we have i mean you have fast food you just have mixtures of food that probably shouldn't even go together but when you go to a place like kenya especially like in the countryside you're going to eat like very natural food and you know unless you eat american food right because they do have american food there like in nairobi and places like that but if you're where we were, there's no access to, like, fast food and stuff like that. So every a lot of people there are farmers. So you'll see, like, on the side of the road, a lot of people, like, selling, like, fruits and vegetables. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it's, you know, stuff that we go get from a grocery store or a farmer's market. But there it's just, like, everybody's kind of selling it on the side of the road. Um, and you could just tell, like, some of the dishes that they make that, like, we may have here like are the same but it's so different because you could just tell it's just like oh this is fresh like i can taste like the fresh whatever ingredients in here versus here so uh, for me for the most part um i enjoyed the food it's different you know when you have this american palate uh <laughs> it kind of messes you up a little bit uh I, I did decide i do not like lamb at all like for no reason um i, I don't want any lamb okay but um uh, Everything else, like, I was cool with. The chicken, and somebody told me this before we left, that the chicken would be different because it's raised different and it's a little tougher. And let me tell you, I had to swallow a couple pieces whole because I was like, I just don't have this type of time right. <laughs> to be chewing this piece of chicken this long. Um, but what I did discover is, so I'm insulin resistant, and I can t like, people who are insulin resistant, like, because the insulin or something, like, builds up, like, around your neck and, like, under your arms. Like, you'll have darker areas. So, like, you know, sometimes you see those little kids who have really, really dark necks. They're not dirty, unless they're dirty. But they're not dirty for the most part. A lot of them could be diabetics or insulin resistant, and people don't know the signs. So, anyway, for me, like, my neck will be a little darker sometimes. And I realize, like, being there for 10 days, eating just clean food. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like all like healthy per se i mean there was white rice and potatoes and stuff but everything else is just was no preservatives um and whatever else we put in food here i was like i see this clearing up i was like oh if i stay here for like a month like and ate here i would be cured like i'm just thinking somebody should sponsor me and send me back to kenya to live for life <laughs> so anyway that's just one thing on the food and i think when you go to another country especially like Africa they always warn you about eating and drinking because of water and things are contaminated and I was reading an article that was saying how they love to warn us about travel to Africa but they don't tell you how many Europeans are traveling to Africa and so as an American you're getting all these warning signs like don't go it's not safe and people are fearful to go but you're missing out on like just an amazing place so I ate everything, y'all. I mean, I did take vaccinations, but, I mean, the vaccinations don't keep you from getting something. I think it just helps you out if you did. But for me, I was like, I'm eating this, I'm eating that. Like, they were roasting corn on the side of the road. I was like, mm-hmm, yep, I want to taste that. It tastes like popcorn. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of think afterwards, like, dang, we're, I'm a germaphobe in general. So I was kind of like, mm, I wonder if, like, their hands were clean. Too but late. they probably weren't. It, it really didn't keep me from trying anything. I was like, I'm going to come back. And I want to say, Kenya don't owe me nothing. Um, so that's my take on the food. So I thought it was good. Um, yeah, it was different. I went in with the mindset that I wasn't eating anything. Um, and just because I don't, 
eat everything anyway. Yeah. Uh, I bought. I was prepared, so I bought food, uh, packaged food. So in the event that I was hungry, and um, out on a mission that I could, you know, not pass out because I had nothing to eat. <laughs> um, I did not eat everything. I passed on everything <laughs> that was like not prepared. At the resort that we stayed in and again that was just my preference because I had made a decision that I wasn't you know eating the food there um I did eat one night the the spaghetti I think that was their version of spaghetti mm-hmm. uh on the campsite when we were uh at the safari and it was pretty decent um but yeah like I pretty much ate probably American food most of the time that I was there because they did have a restaurant inside of the resort that we stayed at that made like American food. So I ate there majority of the time that I was there. But even in eating that food, it was still like fresh. It was still, I think a lot of it was like different. Um, Like it was good, but you could just tell it's not all this extra like frou-frou. Right. Um, My chicken went tough though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about that chicken we had when we was on a safari for lunch. You know, I that fried chicken, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, so yeah, as far as food, we had different experiences mostly because I would just like give me everything. What is that? I want to eat it, yeah. Um, but the food we went to actually, my first school that I went to, like, let's just talk about the Kenyans, they're so hospitable. Um, yeah. and went this particular school we went to now, they told us to expect everybody to offer us tea. Uh, but this school had like a whole layout. Okay, y'all, and that food was everything. It was so good. Like I need to find me a king and auntie because that food was a rolling. And I just I ain't thinking about nothing else. I just like Lord bless it. I don't want to be rude. I ain't gonna be rude because I'm hungry and we gonna eat it. Um, <laughs> so it it was pretty good. But yeah, enough about the food. They can cook. Everything's great. Um, fresh food. So yay them. Um, get into the mission. So, I think our first day out was Tuesday. So, we pretty much went to school Tuesday through Sunday, mm-hmm. like, before we left. And, um, basically, we were all split into groups every day. And so, one guy, who's pretty much like a leader, I guess, of the whole trip, put us into groups. And um, we would just go to different schools every day. And so, it was pretty cool because... It was the American team and it was a Kenyan team. Now, the Kenyan team, they were on a mission trip as well, but they didn't stay where we stayed. And at the end, we were just like, no, next year, like, even if we had to pay more, they need to stay, like, with us. It just makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. And they're so awesome. And so it's like we want to spend as much time with them as we're spending with each other. Um So but anyway, in the morning time, that's when you would meet up, like, the American and the Kenyan team would meet. And we would go out together in matatus, which are vans, pretty much, um, that take you around to your schools. And so, I don't know if you want to touch on that, the whole group part. Yeah, it was just different. Um, I didn't like the fact that they separated us. Uh, Kenyan team versus American team. I felt like we should have all been together as Mm -hmm. one team. That's how they... uh, pretty sure that's how they came at the schools to tell them that what we were doing that Mm -hmm. we were should we should have been presented as one and it just felt better just being as one because we got close to the Kenyans like 
Yeah. Like really, really, really close. And they shared their story just as like just as well as we shared ours. So uh, that part was just different and a little bit kind of hard to like get into like being separate. I remember telling uh, one of the group leaders on one of the days I was there, I was like, we shouldn't go separate. Like, why are we going all the Kenyans go work, go first, and then the Americans go next? Like, let's go in between. Like, let's mm-hmm. switch it up. Like, yeah, let's, we did that a couple of times. Let's, uh, we all won. We're here for the same purpose. Like, this is my brother. This is my sister as well. Like, yeah, that was, that was different. That was the only part that, probably would like to see done differently but yeah the getting together in the morning and then uh if there was a break you know you kind of fellowship with them or do whatever with them and then when our separate ways in the afternoon once we finish yeah and so basically uh the guy rob would like split us all into groups the night before uh well the night before he split us into groups and then you would have a team leader and then we would just we would go to schools and everybody would give like either your testimony or just say like words about God to the kids. And then we would have like singing. And then one person would kind of give like a longer little message to kind of bring it home. And we would do like altar calls and prayer. And then depending on the school, we would like talk afterwards with the kids. And so it was pretty cool because one, I would say for me, my every team that I was on, I just feel like I don't even know how Rob was doing it, but it was just like that was a divine intervention. Like we were all meant to be on whatever team we were on for that day for a reason. Um, every team faced different challenges, whether mm-hmm. it was like traveling challenges because of the weather. Like we told you, it rained every day. Um, there's not a lot of like pavement, so it's still a lot of dirt, which turns in obviously to mud. So that can be challenging when trying to drive through it. So <laughs> I know on one day when Brandy and I were in the same group, um, we had that issue with our van trying to go up this hill and we were like drifting, okay, Tokyo drifting in Kenya. Right. Like the whole we got stuck. Oh, right. uh, it was scary because you're just like and we're going up. Like, first of all, we're already high. But then we're continuously moving up, and you're just like, Lord Jesus, just keep us on this path. <laughs> but it, it was really cool just to see how, like, God used everybody. And, like, a lot of times as a group, Kenyan and American team, we wouldn't talk to each other about what we were going to talk about when it was your turn to speak. Yeah. And a lot of the times we would all have, like, the same message kind of. Like, we would be talking from the same point. And so that was like, wow. So that makes you feel like those kids really needed to hear that. And so we went to either primary schools, which was K through eight, high schools. And so with your high schools, you either had like mixed high schools or all boy, all girl. And we had a few technical schools mixed in there. And so with the primary schools, we would usually try to do a skit. And it was a lot of singing. No, Lord. <laughs> and that, I thought that part was fun Like for me that was fun Like all the songs and stuff That you got yeah. to sing with the kids And they're so cute They're so excited to have visitors And they're so attentive Yeah I was just like wow Like all eyes on you And you could be speaking anywhere from To 50 kids to like over a thousand Yeah 
So if you had a fear of speaking, you had to get over it. Right. <laughs> Which some people well, on the trip did. Right. Um, but it's crazy how when God puts you in a situation, he will use you to do anything. And so I, what was pretty cool about our group is obviously we were all going to be different, but we were so different. Yeah. But everybody brought something so unique and so awesome to the table that when we mixed together as a team, Kenyan team included, it was just like magic. Yeah. Um, and so the the high schools, I think a lot a lot of people were. Well, I guess it just depends, but I think most people were more comfortable at the high schools because it's easier to say what you're saying to older kids. And but for me, the challenge was. I think for you too, for for most of us, the challenge is to tell kids about God in a very practical way, in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that's more than just like, all right, my mom's making me go to church again, you know, right. like I have no idea what they're talking about. And so that was a fun part, being able to just be real and say stuff that you, you know, that's relevant here. But you know because their kids and their teens are dealing with it there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you have a like favorite moment? Um I wouldn't say a favorite moment. I guess at the end it just kinda like solidified the reason that we went and did it. It was it like came full fruition, like the last school that I went to was just like the best school ever like it was an all-girls secondary school and so I just got to do everything that I thought I would yes I need to back up because I had a different perspective as to how the trip was supposed to go um when they told us that we were originally going into schools to talk to kids um about God like I thought I would literally be having physical conversations with kids at different points Mm -hmm. um could be talking to a group of kids but like literally one-on-one being able to Mm. interact so you didn't think we would be talking to like well no i didn't i did not think no no i did not think i thought that was a possibility because just the way it was presented these these kids and they started the first night i think they said how many kids were in school so i pretty much thought we would be speaking to a full group but like one-on-ones like Mm-hmm. in classrooms and stuff like that I thought I thought that we would be a little bit more interactive with you know the kids or whatever but in, again in my last school we were able to do that we were there in the mix we took tea um we had bread and butter and <laughs> everything I mean that's what are you what, from Kenya <laughs> right that's what they call it um I know. <laughs> so we were able to sit down and mingle and they they just asked like questions mm-hmm. and they were just able to touch you, like physically touch you. Like I think that was like a thing for some of them because most of them have probably just seen, we were a mixed group, African-Americans and Caucasians. And mm-hmm. some of the Kenyans, like it's not, Kenya is not like uh, South Africa where it's mixed races, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. majority predominantly African-Americans. So well, to see- Africans. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just Africans. Uh, but to see. Black Africans, I guess. Because South Africans. Who yeah, does white right, say they're right. African. Okay. You guys know what we mean. Right. Okay. <laughs> Kendall trying to be politically correct. Sorry. Just trying, trying to make to. a point. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, 
for for them to see white people, they were just like shocked and just like amazed. They, they wanted to love yeah, white people. They wanted to touch and feel and just pull arm hair and touch <laughs> hair on the head and mm-hmm. touch beards and things of that sort. So like when we were able to do that, even though they weren't doing all that, they weren't pulling my hair or touching it. I mean, they wanted to hug and high five and things like that. So when they when we got those opportunities to do that, which was few and far between in the schools that I visited because it was like okay you got to go off once you speak to the kids that definitely gave me a chance to like interact and like hey what's going on with you how are you today just like mm-hmm. uh, God loves you I love you just just to love on them like physically love on them because sometimes hearing words aren't enough like I we were talking before we started like somebody stood up in front of me and gave me like 85 Bible verses and said something that I couldn't relate to. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't even pay attention or apply it to my life because I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But if somebody physically in my face talking about something that I can relate to, just like can say that they truly care because I could just about imagine that it's a, a whole bunch of people coming in their schools like we're doing. We're not mm-hmm. the only people doing that. So how can I stand out? How can I make this child feel like this is the real deal. I'm being intentional. Mm-hmm. And I thought me physically touching or physically having a conversation to help something that was truly going on in their lives mm-hmm. would, would be the way that I stood out from everybody else. And then, again, in that last school, the last day, it really happened. So I was able to exchange emails and just like Mm -hmm. have real life conversations about what it's like to work in America, what it's like to go to school in America, Mm -hmm. um, just the struggles and just to even prepare them to be, to get ready to apply to schools in America. Like that was, that was just like so dope to me. Mm -hmm. So if I had to describe or, or say the best part, that would have been, that would have been it. Yeah. I think, yeah, that part for me too, there were, a couple of schools where the schools themselves are just like, all right, goodbye. Right. You know, not in a mean way, but it's just like, okay. They take education seriously. Right. They take education so seriously. And so it's like, we gave you time, now go. Um, but I did have a lot more schools where we were able to, like, interact with the kids and hug on the kids. And I just remember, like, you know, getting to the point, because a lot of the kids give you high fives, so obviously they learn that from somewhere, so, like, mm-hmm. high five is a thing. Well, I'm such a hugger, and so, but you realize when you hug one kid, like, you got to hug all the kids, and it got to a point where I was like, OMG, like, I'm getting tired, like, I feel like I'm dehydrated, but I was like, I will hug <laughs> every child, like, at it, it, one school in particular, it was kind of funny, because, like, all the kids that kind of came by, and they kind of left, and then I, w- I hugged a couple, and they ran away. And I don't know if they went and told their friends, but, girl, next thing I knew, there was a line, okay? <laughs> At least they got in line, right, right. okay? Because before, it's just, like, all these kids around you, right. and you're like, oh. Um, but they got in line to get hugs. And I just will never forget one student in particular, just her face. Like, she was, like, almost in tears mm-hmm. and hugged me like, I was her long lost big sister that she had that went off to war or something. And I was like, this is why we do this. And this is why it's so important to not just send money. I mean, money obviously is much needed. So if you have the resources, definitely donate to causes for people. But it's so important to get out there and go to those homeless shelters, go to mission trips to other countries and put your hand 
hands on people and love on them and talk to them um because for them they really i think like seeing people from somewhere else Mm -hmm. especially somewhere they aspire to go um and especially i think it's important that that people who are black american or any type of minority that you start going to countries where people look like you because enough of us don't go that's one thing i noticed even on the plane ride I was like, where is all the melanin? You know? And like... It was definitely there. It was there, but it wasn't enough. Um, what plane you was on? Girl, I don't know. I was, there, no, I, I was on the last plane. Oh, like, I was like, I mean, like going like to London and like oh, traveling that far. A lot of people true. who were on the plane with us in Nairobi were like, a lot of them were Africans. Right, right. Um, but I just, no, I mean like black Americans. Like oh. for us, like, it's so important that we like representation is just important everywhere and it was cool because when we would get up there um well our teams kind of start mixing in advance so you would stand up there and although like kenyans are they're more of your skin complexion and not mine but still like i'm black right and i got like these long twists in my hair they don't know what's going to happen until I open my mouth. And when you open your mouth and you say, good morning or hey, y'all, they start laughing, especially the little kids. Because, and I asked uh, one of the guys, I asked Joe, hey, Joe, I just love him, um, who was with us. Mm-hmm. Because at one school in particular, we went to everything I said, like the kids laughed. And I was like, OMG, like, what is so funny? He said, it's because you look like them, but you sound nothing like them. Yeah. Like they're expecting you to open your mouth and sound like them. And so when you don't, it's just like, wow. And I had one school after I talked, uh, and this was a high school, the girls came up to me and she was like, so are you a black American? And I said, yes. And she was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and so I just thought that was so cool. And that just showed me too how important it is for people that look like us to make our presence known um, because what they're seeing um, and, and their impression of at least America, a lot of times isn't us. Mm-hmm. Their impression of us in America is what they see on TV. And one of the high schools I went to, which was a girl's school, which was like blue let's just talk about the schools okay like if you are fortunate enough there to go to one of their top tier schools like those schools are on and popping okay like popping um but anyway one of the girls was asking us about like racism in america she was like you know does it look like what we see on tv um and just talking about that and you know i even had one of the kenyans on our team ask like so if i come to america like are all the black people like in one area you know just like having us there to speak our truth to people who wonder about us because we look the same you know what i mean yeah so i thought that was important um but yeah i would definitely say hands on the best part of it it was really awesome to talk to them in real ways that they could understand as kids and then it was really great to be able to hug them and then it was cool too because after you talk if you were able to stay at the school for a period of time they would come up to you and ask you questions like oh and they're and kenyans are very soft-spoken i don't know every kenyan but i know every kenyan that i encountered on this trip and it was a lot that they are so soft-spoken and they come up to you they're so polite and they're like may i ask you a question (laughs) and then they just want to talk to you about what you just talked to them about and i'm just like 
I don't know. I just loved it. I'm just like, I want them to win those kids because they care so much and they know that they have a lot on the line. Um, so it was just awesome. It was awesome every night. So we were pretty much tired. We had to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to like three to four schools a day, depending on your group. And there was a lot of travel time in between the schools. And uh, by the time we got back to our resort, it was really time to go eat. You know, we would just go straight to go eat because walking to our room was like a whole exercise. Oh, that altitude. OMG. I was out of breath like the whole trip. I was like, I need to get in shape. I need oxygen. I need all types of stuff. Um, and after we went to eat dinner, we had to go meet as a team. And so every night we would debrief. We would talk about our individual experience. Well, we would do praise and worship and talk about our individual experiences. And that was just a really cool, like, bonding moment for everybody, um, especially just to hear your teammates talk about their experience when you guys experience it together. So... All in all, going on the mission trip is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, like, the last day we were there, it was just like, oh, I just did not want to leave. I really wanted more time with our Kenyan team. Because by that time, we had all been together so long. So we started, like, kind of, they started, like, opening up more and talking mm -hmm. to us more. And let me just tell you, the Kenyan team did not come to play. Like, they slayed every day. They looked so nice. Um, you know, us, if it's like raining outside, then that's, oh, well, I guess I wear jeans, you know. <laughs> but we dress down anyway, but it made us, like, especially I feel like for us as black Americans, looking at them showing up black excellence every day, it was like, dang, I should have brought my Sunday dress and, you know, out here because they were showing up and showing out. But even with that, I feel like they're a true testament of not looking like what you have been through. Yeah. Because if you look at them, you think, oh, well, like, financially, they're all in the same place as we are. Because when I tell you they look nice, like, like tailored, like, nice. Um, but then when you talk to them, you find out that that's not the case. But they take so much pride in just God, one, yeah. and just in how they look and how they represent themselves, that that was definitely inspiring. And yeah. they're so smart. Right. And they know all these languages. Right. And we only know one. Right. <laughs> I think that was a, a big takeaway for me, too. Yeah. Uh, just because we, you you talked about the Kenyans seeing what, you know, able to talk to us about what they see on TV and what we do as Americans. Mm -hmm. We were able to do that, too, with them. Like, we thought it was going to be hot. Yeah, it we was thought, cold. Right. It was we, their winter. It was we cold thought <laughs> they were gonna us dressing down was okay. Yeah, like we thought we have perceptions of them as well, and so we were able to just like they learn from us, we learn from them. Oh yeah, for like sure. we were able to know like the next time. Yeah, you don't don't dress down. Dress down for what? Like you're going in front of a group of people that are impressionable. You should wear your best. You mm -hmm. put your best foot forward because they did. And Kenya wasn't like this place where nobody not to say that we didn't care about what we had on but it was just that we were told i mean somebody somewhere along the line was told to tell people like just to, to dress, dress down. down like just right. to wear you know you could wear khakis, khakis and, and a, a, yeah a khakis and a shirt but i'm pretty sure they come into slate every year like they not just this wasn't the first year even oh, yeah, the yeah. older men had on three-piece suits yeah like, they, I'm so. not, they had on suits y'all and like first of all they walk on mud like magic and obviously like they're used to the um 
the the conditions. Yeah. Whereas we were like, oh, I'm about to fall right. <laughs> every second. But that was just really nice to see them. They just look so nice. Right. Um, they look nice. They speak well. They were they were just so gracious. They were so kind. Um, and even at times, and I guess we'll talk about this on the next podcast when comments were made. Mm-hmm. In front of them that you probably shouldn't make So it's yeah. just like But they were always super sweet um, And I remember talking to I think Eusebia and she was We were talking about language mm-hmm. And we were talking about how many languages she knew And she was like well how many do you know And I was like girl one And she was like oh really right. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be you Right and I'm like oh yeah no don't remind me um, <laughs> Freaking American um, <laughs> So but I would say overall, the missions itself, I think what God showed us is you can't have a plan. Mm. First of all, we, by the time we got to our room, we were so tired. Like, you want to have all this time to be like, I'm going to go spend some alone time with God. But really, like, your eyes closed and you just, it's over. Right. Um, and so you're really, like, getting up every day, like, trusting, like, God, okay, like, show me what to say. You know, yeah. and every day he showed up. Like the Holy Spirit, okay, showed up and just gave you the words to say, um, had to come out with clarity where the kids could understand. It was just good. Like every day just talking about God was good. I just felt like it was so much love. Like when you walk in, the kids have genuine excitement. We're genuinely excited. Um, I, I feel like the atmosphere was just thick of love. Yeah. And I was like, dang, like this is what life is about. It's such a bubble, but <laughs> it's what life is about, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we get to have this this moment in time where all we get to do is, like, love on people and tell them how awesome God is. Yeah. Like, that was such an honor to do. Um, and then just bonding with people. I think as a group, the American team, by the time it was over, you know, everybody has nicknames. Yeah. Like, you kind of know what to pick on certain people about. Um, you kind of know what to ignore certain people about because everybody, you know, Austin, never mind. I'm going to leave him out of it. <laughs> I can't let him Kenella live. is a bully. <laughs> and y'all pray for her. All the saints. She's definitely a bully. I'm not a bully. She you, is. You when know. she gets something, she don't let it go. <laughs> she definitely don't. And she bring it up every day. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. 10 times a day. Maybe. I might send him a message now. Remind him See, of his evil ways. bullying. So y'all pray for this counselor <laughs> who's talking to y'all kids about bullying. <laughs> She's bullying. That's that's not the true definition of bullying. Let's be clear. But anyway, so harassment, <laughs> just calling people out. The point oh, is carpet on the same issue. He deserved it but, every day. Uh, he deserved it. Truly bullying. That's because that look. She just taking up for him because I saw a fake BFF on this trip. But just uh, no. Okay. Because he needed an advocate. Because she is a bully. <laughs> He might not be my BFF, but I'm just saying, like, I just stand up for those who can't speak up for themselves. Or maybe, or maybe those that are scared, because she probably, not probably, she did intimidate this young man. Uh-uh, see, we're going to leave this conversation uh-uh, for the, the next podcast, and tell I will the tell the truth. truth, because Brandy is out of line, and she is playing into that narrative of the crazy black woman, but you know what? That's for part two. Um, but for part one. That's <laughs> Right, it was amazing. Um, I would definitely go. I w- I want to go visit other countries, but I know for me, it's just like, just like that's like your first love. Like that's the first place you went in Africa. You had such a great experience, and now I'm like, how can I get back there? But the truth is, there's so many other places to go. 
um, so many other people to love on. The world is so big, y'all. And I used to get excited when the, for the opening ceremony at the Olympics because mm-hmm. you get to see all these people from all these places you never heard of. So I feel like my world just got a little smaller because I went to one place right. um, and met people and they're awesome. And I don't know if you just have a chance, do missions here, do missions away. Just go love on people. Like, I have never been around more people as a whole that to, in our standards, did not have a lot, but we're so happy. Right. But they, I guess, yep, that's true. Yeah. And and they were so happy. Um, and so, I don't know. I just loved it. I love the energy. I just love everything that God showed us um, or showed me or things that you saw in other people. I just can't speak about it enough. Again, if you have the opportunity, don't be afraid. Go. If it's meant for you to go, the financial part will be provided. Um, and your life will definitely be impacted in a major way. And so, I don't know. I think that's it, you know, without telling all the deep, <laughs> dark, not dark moments, but like deep inner thoughts of stuff, um, personal things. But other than that, just to give you guys just like a little taste of what we experienced. Um, shout out to everybody that made it possible for us to be there. Everybody who held it down at home for, you know, whatever responsibilities that we had that were left behind. Um, it was so worth it. We'll never truly know, you know, whose life was saved by anything we said. But the point is we were obedient to what God told us to do. And I cannot wait to do it again. And we will be back uh, next, well, let me not say next week because I don't really know. But <laughs> we will definitely be back with a part two to talk about the black American experience um, in Africa. Because that's a whole different situation. And hopefully we can get uh, one of the guys that went on a trip with us to come sit down and talk to us about it. Uh, so that will be a fun one. And uh, we'll be right back with our final thought. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, follow us on Instagram at God and Lemonade. Hit the like button and share it with some friends. Hey guys, it's Brian here with the final thought. Matthew 28 and 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Today, Ken and I talked about our mission trip and explained everything that God wanted us to do. A missionary is someone who leaves their family for a short time so that others may be with their families for eternity. Let's be sure to make disciples in our everyday lives and to remember that you don't have to go far to do this. You can do this in your homes, in your schools, your workplace, or wherever God leads you uh, to be a witness. Remember, God is in the details.